Yes, so flooding is a, is a major problem. Uh, over the last 30 years, uh, more than half a million people were killed as a result of flooding, and also more than 650 million people were displaced around the world. It's an average more than 20 million people each year, and that's a really big problem. And uh, what we ask in our study is to some extent, uh, what is going on? Why are people, so many people living in flood-prone areas? Is that an easy question to answer, and, and how do you go about doing it? So the way we approach this is, uh, first of all, we look at 53 very large flood events. So these are events that displace at least 100,000 uh, people each. We have very detailed inundation maps showing exactly where uh, the floods hit, and we can follow economic activities through night lights. And what we see is that low elevation areas, low-lying areas, are hit much more often. They hit about three to four times as often as other areas around the world in, in cities. Uh, despite that, these low elevation areas are uh, more densely populated. And, um, and that's true even in areas in parts of the world that are prone to extreme rainfall. Now, when the floods hit, these uh, low-lying areas are not only hit more often, but they're also hit harder. And yet within a couple of years, economic activity recovers, and we see uh, things going back to back to baseline. So there really isn't any reallocation away from, um, from uh, flood-prone areas, even in the aftermath of very large um, and devastating floods. That seems to con- contradict what would be conventional wisdom, right? If your area is hit by floods more often and you're three times more likely to be hit by a flood, why do people not seem to move out of these areas? So, yeah, so I think, you know, to some extent, I think there the, um, the are a number of reasons for this. So one, one reason is, is historical. I think for many, uh, many years, um, cities, many cities benefited from access to rivers and coasts. And this was kind of a great economic advantage. I think nowadays, um, with road transport being better, I think um, some of these offsetting benefits for the risk um, are no longer quite as important. So um, uh, the location has in some cases become actually a liability. Of course, cities have grown also, and in some cases have kind of grown into more marginal and risky, uh, risky land. So I think there's a history that people just get got locked into certain locations, and once they've lived there, they just tend to go back. But history is not the only problem, I think. There's also things that we can do uh, in the present and looking forward. Um, I think one of the problems uh, why these flood-prone areas are overpopulated is because governments bear a lot of the cost of building and maintaining flood defenses and also helping out flood victims. And as a result, uh, developers have do not bear the full cost of building in cheap land on the flood-prone areas. And as a result, they tend to build too much in these risky areas. And I think the kind of main policy recommendation we have is that governments should tighten the regulations and, and restrict construction on flood-prone areas. Yeah, it's quite easy for us to want to vilify private developers just trying to maximize profits so they simply go build in areas that are flood-prone, not considering what the consequences are. Would you blame private developers for, for, for taking advantage of government and their response to, to flood-prone areas? Well, I think, I think it's a good question. I think, um, you know, circumstances vary and people vary a lot. I think that... 
Um, the point so much, is not so much to, to point fingers at people, but to point at the kind of at the basic economic problem. The basic economic problem is that, in some sense, because the government is bearing much of the costs of flooding, um, that sort of provides a subsidy uh, for, for the private market to build in risky areas. And I think that's that's a fundamental problem. It's not about blaming people. In some sense, you know, people are responding to incentives, but I think governments should design better incentives so as to um, restrict the number of people who are living in these flood-prone areas. I mean, an example here in South Africa, with, with our history of slavery, we, we see economic activity concentrated around our mining communities and also around waterways because of the need to move those goods and services around the country. Is there advice for our policy developers in order to use aid and development in, in better ways so that our urban planning doesn't put people in, in risky communities where they're prone to flooding? Yes, absolutely. I think... I think you know, I think you know we should be careful not to kind of make sweeping recommendations. Uh, but and I think there are certainly places that are densely populated and even at some sometimes risky that are worth worth protecting. But we should look at things very carefully. If there are areas that are um, that um, are repeatedly prone to flooding and where there are no real obvious uh, benefits from today's perspective that that, um, that people should live. Uh, then I think we should, in some cases, consider whether uh, people should be moved away into into safer areas. Absolutely. I mean, that's you know easier said than done, right? Because people want to live within the centres of economic activity, even if there's greater threat to their lives, because they want to be able to to grow and produce more. Uh, how do we balance those two interests? Yes, you're right. I think I think the you know there are as you say there are cases where people. Um, where there are benefits that offset the, the cost, the risks of, of flooding, and, and, and you're right, it's not an automatic reaction. Of course, I um, mean, London has has the Thames barrier, and, and I think you know many cities have and will need some some flood defences. It's not that all uh, flood-prone areas need to automatically be abandoned, but we've looked at, for example, at, at cities. Uh, we've found that um, the effect that we document, for example, the fact that low-lying areas get hit harder um, and yet recover. That's true even in areas that are away from, from coastlines and rivers, so areas that have less obvious benefits, um, economic benefits. Sometimes economic activity just sticks where it is for, for a very long time, and it's not always um, obvious that um, people could gain. The other thing I would like to say is that, um, that most of the cities around the world um, have some places that are that are, have higher elevation and are safer from flooding. So mo- the vast majority of urban areas around the world have, opportun- have opportunities to expand um, to areas that are less uh, prone to flood risk. So it shouldn't uh, really compromise economic activity so much to just avoid some of the worst flood-prone areas.